This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. What it do, Webby? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Championship, championship mode? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in to a little something we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Change time zones. Still pump for NBA, though. Uh, Sheldon, are you still riding high on the championship Raptors wave? You've now got the five-year grace period there in Toronto with the Raptors. Do you know what it is? It's like, chill out, enjoy the championship, can't be taken away. And I know we talked about the grace period, but I kind of like the MO you mentioned, just kind of the Raptors mentality. I think there was a clip from, I think it was Pascal, and he was kind of paraphrasing Freddie. And he was just kind of like, well, now we just go back to the way it was before the championship season, right? In the sense that we're the underdogs, nobody's really talking about us, taking us seriously. And that gives us a little extra oomph, you know? Like, if you're not with us, cool, we don't need you on our side. Exactly. I kind of like that from Pascal. I like that energy, we'll say, right? Exactly. But before we dive in, let me just get to a couple particulars here, right? First off, people who are new to the podcast, this is the Ball on Blast podcast. Season three? Where each and every week, season three, yes. Congrats, Mr. Andrew Webster, for us making it to season three hey, of the Ball on Blast before podcast. Before we got canceled. Big tings, big <laughs> tings. Um, but yes, Ball on Blast podcast in which each and every week, me and Andrew Webster will take you through the ins and outs of the NBA, the best league in the world. Everything you need to know both on and off the court because the NBA knows drama, right? So it's not just what's on the court. We love the social media antics and all the other stuff that goes on in the league. But that's why we're here each and every week breaking that stuff down. So if you're new to this Ball on Blast podcast, just know that it's available on the On Blast podcast feed, which you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. So like and subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends because we back. And I also should note that the Ball on Blast Network includes a bunch of other pods as well. You'll get on that feed the Wrap It Up podcast, which is our On Blast Raps postgame show. We'll be back as NBA champs. We got to be back to defend the crowns, right? That's it. So, wrap it up. We'll be back, which is our wraps on blast post game show. Each and every Raptor game, you can find that live on Twitter. Also, on the live stream on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes for uh, Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and of course, again on the podcast feed. Also, also, of course, that debuts next Tuesday. After the Raps Pels home opener for the Raps, the ring ceremony, we'll be there to break it down live. Following that, also know that on the same feed, you also get the You Killed It podcast, which is our challenge podcast. Blowing up yes. right now. Fans of the MTV challenge podcast or challenge the show, the challenge on MTV, pardon me, Mr. Webster, I know you are a fan, but we do a podcast as well for that, breaking down each and every episode, myself and my guy, John Chidley Hill. You can also get that on the feed. So tons of content for you when you go and sign up for the On Blast podcast. And just know that me and Mr. Webster are here to break down basketball like no one else does on the Ball on Blast podcast. 
We're so sounds good, right? We're so close to the season starting, Sheldon. We're so close. Feels good to be and back. Honestly, and you, of the first, you know, I, it seems like we say this every year. It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is going to be the craziest regular season in the NBA. Oh man, yeah. this is going to be the craziest. Literally, this season, it's unlike the other seasons that we've been doing this podcast for. Because right now, we do not have a clear number one favorite in the league to win the championship. And how refreshing is that, right? Like, there's so many great storylines because we were blessed with such a crazy offseason. So many guys switching teams. And... Again, with the Raptors ending the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors, again. Crazy, crazy (laughs) to even, that sentence is nuts. It's so good. But because the Raptors, your Toronto Raptors are the defending champs, we got to start there. Also because it is our home and native land. So let's start with the defending champs, Toronto Raptors. And I'm going to start here. Pretty broad question for you, Mr. Andrew Webster. What are your expectations heading into this season for this team? Do you know what the word hangover means? Have you ever had a hangover? That I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar, yes. That, you know, you're at the table at brunch. You can hardly open your eyes. Uh, you know, you're just, you need ice water, ice water, ice water. That's yeah. what this season's going to be. I have a feeling. I, I like, I really like what the Raptors did in the offseason. I mean, other yeah. than losing Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. That's tough. Mm-hmm. But... We kind of knew that was a, a, at least a possibility, very good possibility, one that came true. But in For response sure. to that, I like what the Raptors have done. Obviously, you've got a great coach, somebody who, as I'm sure we're going to talk about here in the next couple minutes, has been saying all the right things with some pieces that were added and really yep. continuing the uh, culture of what the Raptors yeah. were all about last year. But here's the thing. this is a This is a conference that like you say, has changed some things around, added some pieces. Some of their Eastern Conference rivals from last year have gotten a little bit better. Again, we're going to talk about that. So I don't think that the expectations here for the Raptors should be repeat. I think the expectations for the Raptors should be get in the playoffs and potentially steal a round or two. Ooh, okay. If if they can do that, I, I think that the playoffs are not... Uh, obviously not out of the realm of possibility for any team that's halfway decent in the East, just with the way those conferences shake out. But I don't think that they're going to be hosting a playoff round or hosting a playoff uh, series. But I do think that they have uh, the experience and the talent to maybe pull an upset uh, when it does come time uh, in the first round, maybe the second round, depending on who they get and what the injuries shake out like. So where are you seeing them top? Top four, bottom four? No, I'd say probably six or seven. I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's been interesting to kind of hear, you know, the different positioning that people are making about this team. And if you ask me to bet my life, do you know what I mean? Or if you ask me to put up my house or whatever, I'm going bottom eight or bottom four, sorry, in the Eastern Conference in terms of like, I could see them in that seven, six, seven, eight spot, you know, somewhere around there. And it's just because in the NBA, and this is something, a theme that we talk about all the time last year, right? In the NBA, if you have a bunch of guys who work hard and play hard and they're well coached, that's good enough to get you at least a 500 record in the, in the NBA. In the East, for sure. In the East, for sure. You're going to be higher than, than you know, a 500 squad. So... The Raptors are well coached, they're deep, 
and uh, and for sure they're going to be in the mix. Now, all the people that are, and there's a lot of people that are banking them, hey, third place in the East, saw, top four for sure. I saw somebody say third place. I was like, guys, are you, what? Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that too. And I have my expectations tempered, right? Because they're banking so much off of what happened last year. And last year is such a different animal. Just because you had that Kawhi Leonard break in case of emergency, you know what I mean? And it's so hard because you'd have to remember every single game. But I'm going to tell you, there were a lot of games where it was just, oh, Kawhi didn't let you lose that game. And I know that he missed 20 games or 22 games, whatever it was. And the Raptors I played well in those that. games that he did not play in. But again, it's mm -hmm. always nice to have that security blanket of knowing that Kawhi will play the next game or will play in two nights or will play next sure. week. You know, that's just it gives you a little it gives you a little extra confidence, a little extra boost. Plus, when he's not in the lineup for the 22 games, I mean, that's 22 games that Siakam, you know, has that, you know, green light, shoot whatever shot you want, but also you're at the top of the scouting report. Now we're talking 82 games where you're the focal point. Yeah. And, you know, there's tons of talk about uh, Pascal's contract. So this from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Chris Haynes says, it's almost a certainty that emerging star Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors will come to terms on an extension before Monday's deadline for the rookie stale extension candidates. However, in order to finalize the agreement between the two sides, a maximum contract offer will be required. League sources tell Yahoo Sports. Is Pascal a max player? For the Raptors. get his max? For the Raptors, he is, absolutely. <laughs> are you saying that as a Sixers guy no. who just maxed out Ben Simmons? No, well, listen, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I think it like if you're if you're the Raptors, what are your other options? Are you going to let them look at what's going on with Buddy Heald in Sacramento right now? In terms yeah. of that relationship deteriorating, it seemed like in the matter of a couple hours, uh, you have a yeah. young player who performed. Like what was he? A, is he a second round pick? He was like twenty fifth in the draft or something like that. Okay, so late, late first. He's in the twenties. Yeah, you're basically late first round. You're basically playing with house money, and so uh, a max contract. It, it's not like you're handing them out to everybody who's coming down. This is now going to be your focal point of your team, looking like here for the next foreseeable future. So yeah, I, I think locking him up to a max contract is not a bad idea whatsoever. It's interesting, right? And Because I think that, you know, they're going to be forced into giving him the max for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned. But my worry, my issue is, I don't know if he is a top dog. I know that he was nice beside Kawhi. I know that he's a great hustle player in terms of, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all. Right. Pascal is obviously highly skilled. He's improved every single he's year. He's really versatile saying, too, man. He can play a lot of different positions. Totally. And I'm saying most of what he gets is off like, you know, off hustle, beating your guy down the floor, like that type of thing. It's not really, you know, here, give him the ball, clear out, right. win me this game. I don't know if that's the guy. Now, maybe he might get there, and that's what you're banking on and reserving the asset, and I can see that. And best of all, your example is perfect, right? Ben Simmons and another guy from that draft class, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Those guys also got maxed out, right? 
And, you know, you look at Pascal Siakam and you say, well, NBA champion, he did it at the highest level. Put up he put numbers. In work. But it's consistency that you're looking for at this stage. If I'm like, I got to get this out of my head because I had the same issues with DeMar DeRozan for so many years, right? right? And that was, you know, we just saw Kawhi. And to me, that's a max dude. But that's an unfair standard because there's, what, three of those dudes in the league? Exactly. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Well, the other thing, too, is that, I mean, the guys that you mentioned, too, Jamal Murray, Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, they're all still so young. They have so much Mm -hmm. of their career still left to fill in. And so, sure, right now, maybe Pascal Siakam is not a max player, but, you know, talk to me in two, three years when he's changed his game and he's become more consistent, and then we're going to look at these deals, same with Ben Simmons, same with Jamal Murray, where in three years we could be looking at these deals and saying, whoa, these these guys are on great contracts right now. Also, too, like the other big part of all this that I don't want to gloss over because it's a major factor, Pascal's improved in every single year. All we see in the offseason, we know he always heads and puts in work at those Rico Hines runs, as we told you last summer. We saw a bunch of those videos yeah. again. Like, this is a guy who is willing to, like, put in the work to improve. And you want to reward those guys. So I don't want this to come off as if, like, I'm saying, oh, no, I don't think Pascal's earned a raise or earned a contract, because that's not really what I'm saying. My whole mentality is more just so thrown off by just how the scales work in the NBA, right? But again, like this is... The, the Bradley Beal thing happened, and Bradley Beal setting himself up so that in two more years, when he re-signs for that Supermax, he's going to be making like $50 million yeah. a year. Like, that's insane for Bradley Beal. Yeah. Bradley Beal is not going to be a top 10 player in the NBA. Uh, you don't think right? so? So my... But I'm just saying my issue is more with the, the scales and how that stuff works. The language, let's say, more so than... Does Pascal deserve the money? Of course, if Ben Simmons got the bag, if Jamal Murray got the bag, Pascal better get the bag too. If I'm his agent, that's my argument, 100%. right? So I know I'm kind of like arguing both sides here, but it's just such an interesting situation for the Raptors because going forward, is that the guy you're building your franchise around that you want? Like, do you think you can build another championship team around Pascal Siakam as your centerpiece? Well, I don't know. But see, this is, this is going to be the ongoing storyline for Raptors fans and for, for for Toronto basketball over the next year. Yeah. Is that now everything is being seen through these lenses of, we had Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> like top three guy in the league. You can put him one, two, or three. I'm all good with any of those. But we had yeah. this guy who was is definitely worth all of the money that you could ever pay him. Now he's been taken away. So money has to be spent. Max contracts have to be given out. Big contracts yep. have to be given out. And you have to move forward. And you've got to see what you have in guys like Siakam who are, you know, uh, with their peers, Simmons, Murray, are deserving of the bag, you know, of deserving yeah. of getting that back. So you got to give them the chance. And like I say, the best case scenario is in we're going to be sitting here in two, three seasons, and we're going to say, I can't believe they got Siakam to sign that rookie scale max contract. Like, look at totally. like now that looks like a steal, especially when you say like if Bradley Beal here in two years is going to get fifty million dollars, our opinion on Bradley <laughs> Beal might might be different, but. <laughs> We're going to now then look at these contracts and say, well, these guys, this is a steal. Totally. 
the other thing too, you talked about earning the bag. There's another dude on the Toronto Raptors that earned the bag in terms of Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry just re-upped a one-year deal worth $31 million with to re-sign with the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, his deal, he was coming in to this year on the final year of his deal, and he actually didn't take the floor to practice or to do anything, even to, like, come out and wave to fans right. when the team was in Quebec City for, like, an open scrimmage. But he got his contract one more year, 31 mil, and do you like this deal for the Toronto Raptors? Do you like Kyle Lowry getting extended? Yeah, I like it for all sides because in my view, there's about a 20% chance that Kyle Lowry finishes the season in Toronto. <laughs> and this and this contract makes him tradable in that Toronto will get real stuff back in return for him if they do trade him to Miami, to wherever. Yeah, I, I think it's a great yeah. move for both sides. Like, A, you kind of reward the real catalyst, the real talisman of your team um, for winning the championship. You show them a little bit of money, but you also do it in such a way that if things do not go according to plan in this hangover season for the Raptors, uh, you're not hamstrung and you can deal him and get some real pieces back. So I think it's a I, – I saw it and I thought that's made, it made a lot of sense. Totally agree with you, Webby. And, you know, we're both on the same page as this, obviously, because you just heard us both say that we think the Raps will be in the bottom of the Eastern Conference in terms of the playoff spots. And so the way that I look at this season is if Kyle Lowry is healthy, if Mark Gasol's healthy and they're firing on all cylinders, Pascal makes a jump and everything goes right. Cool. I could see them in the top of the Eastern Conference playoff race. I could see them winning maybe two rounds. But the likeliness of that, I mean, Marcus Gasol just played a lot of basketball, yeah. right? Kyle Lowry, we know Kyle missed 20 plus games last year as well. So to ask him to not do that this year because you don't have Kawhi Leonard, like when Kyle was missing games last year, Kawhi was playing, right? So yeah, there was a whole thing a major, about major difference. There was the whole thing about how would they play once they actually had to play on the same court together. Because they just exactly. didn't have so they they almost had no time together playing. Yeah, so I'm all for rewarding Kyle Lowry for you know being what was left of the face of the franchise and being that you know that he was that stalwart for this era of Raptors basketball, right? That was kind of hey we're back in the playoffs, hey we're a legitimate organization, all the way to hey he's hoisting the NBA title, so. I'm all for rewarding that. You're taking care of your guy. And also, like Woj and Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast, they were talking about how this contract actually makes Lowry probably more attractive to other teams and also to Masai now because you can get more in a potential trade. Let's say if things do go wrong. And, you know, and not wishing this on the refs, but reality is Fred's banged up all the time. Kyle gets banged up all the time. Marcus Gasol's really old. Is Pascal, with all eyes on him, going to take that leap? And so now they report, they didn't report this, and I don't want to throw this out as a report, but they were they mentioned a couple teams that if things go right for those teams who are kind of in like a win-now mode as opposed to the Raptors, he mentioned the Clips, he mentioned the T-Wolves, Pistons, and the Miami Heat. As teams that are, you know, if they're in, they're in win-now mode and if things are going okay and they kind of want to make a splash, 
Kyle Lowry might be an attractive option for yeah. them. You absorb that contract this year and next year, but then it comes off the books as an expiring. Like, what's the window for Blake Griffin? What's the window for? Well, we know Kawhi and Paul George is what three years. Yeah. What's it? What is it? <laughs> right. What did Jimmy sign for down in Miami? But, but still pairing Jimmy, you know, getting that, you know, veteran. Like you, you just saw what Kyle Lowry can bring to a team as like. A missing piece he's not going to be you know the star of your playoff team but he makes all those intangible plays and will have those playoff moments that will win you series and that can be very attractive right and obviously Kawhi would know that resume obviously Dwayne Casey would know that yeah. resume and he and Jimmy Butler you know they're boys we know that already so it's super interesting to see how this season can play out for the Raptors and I'm here for all of it oh yeah right? Absolutely. So much fun. Well, what's um, nice, Even your boy Nick Nurse. What's nice, Sorry? too, is that it's not like it was last year with the Raptors where it's mm-hmm. championship or bust, you know? Well, it's interesting. I didn't post the clip, and I probably should post it, even if I just posted it in Instagram stories. But last year when we did our season preview, I did predict the Raptors would go to the NBA Finals. And I did also yep. predict that the Celtics would not do well because there's not enough ball to go around and Kyrie would be a problem. I should post that video. 100%, but man. Just to, just to let them know. Just to let them know that we're not messing around here on the Ball on Blast podcast. We're not messing around. And also, you know, this is going to be an interesting year because obviously there's a lot of people that will be listening to the podcast from last year when it was, don't worry, we got Kawhi, just trusting Kawhi, yeah. and it'll be a great season. And that's what I was saying the whole year. And some people would be like, oh, you're just a homer, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> We're talking ball. So I'm kind of interested to see the responses this year when, like, my honest opinion is I don't know if the Raps will be as good as a lot of people claim to think they will be, right? So I'm interested to see the kind of feedback we start getting there. But just know everything is about actual observations. And, hey, I'm okay with being wrong. I hope they prove me wrong, right? It would be a hell of a a story if they got back to the championship with, no Kawhi Leonard and no Danny Green, I'll tell you that. That would be absolutely incredible. That would be a great story. And, you know, the other thing about the Raps, like, overall, last thing, they have a bunch of, like, likable guys. Like, I like that Kyle's an asshole because I think you need one of those yeah. guys on your team, especially if he's a vet and he's a leader. But they got a bunch of likable guys like Fred, Norm, Pascal, Mark Gasol, Serge, right? Like, they got a lot of dudes. And the other thing with the Raps that will be interesting is they can play so many different lineups that they match up pretty well. It's just going to come down to, and this is going to be the thing I'm going to tell you Raptors fans to pay attention to, you're going to have a lot of moments where the game is in the balance. And last year when it was Kawhi taking over a game when you know the Raps are down 10 and he's saying oh, I need to make this a two possession game and he hits a couple buckets makes a couple stops to get them back in the game or to take over and win a game I don't know who that is on this team <laughs> this year. Be... and he has the ability to alter games so much that's going to be the most interesting part of what the Raptors are this season to me that's yeah. what I want to watch who steps up in into the va- who steps up into that vacuum Totally true. Totally true. So for the rest of this pod, we're going to try to go through, you know, a couple of awards, who's going to win each conference, a bit of things like that. And 
in between, I'm going to sprinkle in the results from an NBA.com. They did their annual survey of the league's 30 GMs, and they asked them about 50 different questions. Obviously, we're not going to go through the 50 questions. Hopefully, right? none of them were but... about China. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well played. Well played. <laughs> but I, I like talking to you, and I like uh, – yeah, I'm not even – I was going to make some jokes. I'm like, you know what? Let's, I'm just going to let that one slide. <laughs> but – so I'll sprinkle in some info here and there just in terms of what the serve the results were from the survey. But I will also ask you, Mr. Andrew Webster, your thoughts on each of these questions that I'm about to ask. And also, people listening, if you agree, disagree, let us know what you think. What are your picks? And maybe we'll have our, our own like unofficial on yeah. blast, ball on blast survey, right? And then we'll with the responses. And we'll keep let track us know, of them and see tweet at us. Yeah, we'll keep track of them. We'll see how we do at the end of the year. For sure. Webby, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Just put it out now. We'll put it out again as well. At a Webster 84 on Instagram and on Twitter. Hit me up. Yes, and I am at Shell Alexander on Twitter, at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. Again, let's go through a couple of these awards, and maybe I'll put up the videos, you know, separately as well. Yeah. Huh, I'm thinking now. All content, right, all right. Content, right? <laughs> First question, who do you think will win the Rookie of the Year in the NBA this season? I so easy. I mean, <laughs> I, I I wish that I could go. I, I wish that I could, you know, zig where others zag. But I I, I got to follow everybody else. It's going to be Tyler Harrow. <laughs> you did that on purpose, and I like Tyler. It. Yeah, I like what you listen. Did. Okay, listen. I'm Zion's number one fan. I think he is incredible. But honestly, is uh, Tyler Harrow is legit? Okay. He is. And he yep. doesn't have, like, I mean, the thing about uh, our boy Zion is that he does have a little bit of some, uh, it's tough to call it an injury history as he only played in mm -hmm. one year, but he does have the yep. knee, and he's got the knee soreness, which is holding him out of the final preseason game. I'm not sure how serious that is, if that's just mm -hmm. we want to rest him for the beginning of the season against the Raps. But, man, listen, Tyler Harrow can ball. He can ball. So if it's not going to be Zion, if I got to pick somebody else, because I think, like I like John Morant's game as well, but I just don't think that that Memphis team is going to be as good as Miami's going to be, and I th yeah. I think that Harrow's going to have some some put in some really serious minutes for them. So again, uh, little yeah, I'm going to zag where others zig. So I'm going to take Tyler Harrow if I can't take Zion because I know everybody's taking I Zion. I like the Tyler Harrow pick, and it is kind of like an NBA hipster type pick, Webby. A little I, bit, I appreciate a little that bit. But he can ball, man. I like it. But he will contribute on a good team. Like, I think the Heat will be a good team. We'll get to that in a bit. And I just think he's nice. He's unafraid. And the way that the Miami culture works, like, he's already – he's ready. Yeah. But putting him into that Miami culture and Spolstra and – Jimmy. You know, it's just a good place to be a young person and develop and you have all the opportunities we've seen the slow development of justice winslow he might be able and ready for a come up so i like that pick but he was nice but last year too justice for sure for sure totally i, I like that pick but i'm going to counter you with john ja moran because i'm not going to pick zion because everybody's going to pick zion easy. yeah exactly yeah like whatever but john ja moran okay i just like the kid's story like, there's a great uh, feature they did on ESPN just about, like, his upbringing and how, like, 
first off, his dad like built a court in the backyard for him and like all the neighborhood kids would come over to his house and play ball and his dad would be like barbecuing for them every day. <laughs> and how like, you know, he only got recruited to he went to Murray yeah, State. Yeah, he was right, he's a racer. Mistaken. So he only got recruited. He was on Zion's uh, AAU team, right? But he wasn't a highly touted prospect in high school. So they were at an AAU tournament, and all the big boys were in, like, one gym having their runs. And then all the, like, lesser-starred talents yeah. were in another separate gym. So obviously all the scouts are watching the big boys play. But this guy who was doing scouting, he was an assistant at the time, but then became the head coach at Murray State – my guy like wanted to go get a hot dog like he was hungry no <laughs> and he goes wandering down the hallway trying to find the cafeteria to go buy a hot dog and he hears ball a ball bouncing and he hears like people yelling in a gym and he pokes his head in and he sees john moran just going crazy <laughs> and so he's like who is this guy and why is he in in this gym and not in the other gym so my guy goes in and starts watching and calls his coach right away is like hey there's this guy here and i don't know what's going on or why nobody knows about him but we should look into it boom that's how he ended up there wow. and my guy's in the interview webby he's like that's the best hot dog i ever <laughs> had <laughs> right so good well but based on that john moran's story is just great but like he's a human highlight reel so yeah. he's built for this instagram era and being on the Grizzlies will help him because he's going to have a lot of playing time and he is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. So I'm going with John Moran for my pick for Rookie of the Year. I, listen, the two-hander he threw down in the first round of the March Madness last year, if that didn't to get you off your seat and wanted to, get you wanting to see this kid in the NBA, I don't know what's wrong with you. All right, all right, all right. So just to wrap that up, obviously uh, the majority of the GMs, 68% of the GMs, uh, they went with um, Zion Williamson and then John Morant and uh, Darius Garland were oh, the yeah, only other players to receive a vote. No Harrow? Right. No, they didn't even receive a vote. They're going to be calling him Tyler Heron by the end of the year. Hey, I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Webby. Uh, the next big boy award is MVP. Who are you, Mr. Andrew Webster, picking for MVP? I'll start off with this. This time I'll tell you what the GMs okay. did first. The GMs, 52% of them picked Giannis to yeah. win MVP. Okay. Maybe. Are you agreeing with the GMs? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Ooh. I'm not agreeing with the GMs. Now, this I is, wonder if you're going to choose my pick because I, I have a different I, pick too. I think I might choose your pick. That's the thing. Okay. Because I, I, it's it's the same pick that I've made for the last two years, and it's oh, and it's, it's this is this is going to be funny. No, no, okay. no. It's not in, It's not Embiid. No, no, no. I know. It's LeBron. <laughs> It's, okay. it's explain. Go on. It's, go on. It's LeBron James because this iteration of the Lakers has yep. the pieces around LeBron James, where unlike his time in Cleveland, where he needs mm -hmm. to be the focal point of the offense and everything needs to run through him, it's going to still run through him, but in a different way. And I okay. think that the numbers that he's going to put up, not necessarily points per game. But I think that his efficiency is going to be where it was at, or not where it was at, but closer to his Miami days, where his field goal percentage is going to be super high. His okay. rebounding numbers and his assist numbers 
are going to be insane. I think his uh, analytics, his uh, you know next gen stats, these uh, wars and his <laughs> PER. I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that if the Lakers are really successful, as I think that they're going to be, you know, in the top mm-hmm. of the uh, maybe not number one in the West, but in the top three of the West, that it's going to be because of LeBron. And I think that we didn't see it last year with him on the Lakers in terms of making that team his. It definitely still felt like he was an outsider. But if he gets that team winning and he starts to do LeBron things, which we've already seen him do, the the big term this this season is going to be this is his 17th year. This is not normal. (laughs) Just keep track... Keep track of that statement because you were going to hear it a million times this year. And honestly, okay. until LeBron shows me that he's not the best player in the NBA, I'm I'm going to pick him as my MVP. So this is super interesting, Webby, because I'm not picking LeBron James to be MVP, but I'm picking Anthony Davis yeah. to win MVP because LeBron is going to make him. Win MVP. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Davis is going to have I mean the by... crazy stats, and it's going to be because of yes. LeBron. Yes, LeBron is going to be on this mission where he's going to be trying to feed AD, get him, you know, that twenty-five to thirty points a night in spectacular fashion. But also, we know LeBron minus this most recent uh, incident with Daryl Morey. Yeah, LeBron has a way of making the media work his angles, right? And so you've already heard certain things about him and AD and what he wants from AD to take over and be the man. And you've heard this narrative that LeBron will slowly start to push out more and more. And you've heard Anthony Davis talk about how he wants to win defensive player of the year and be a force defensively. And I just think that LeBron knows by now he's chasing championships. And the way to preserve himself during a long NBA season is to let Anthony Davis cook. And so you're going to see LeBron's assist numbers, I think, go up this season because he's going to be tossing lobs to Anthony Davis, but also to, like, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, right? But I just think Anthony Davis is in the prime position that if you are who you say you are, Anthony Davis, right, and you're alongside LeBron and LeBron is going to be willingly able to put you on that pedestal, you should win MVP this season, Mr. Anthony Davis. 100%. That's just my pick, you're, and you're, I, I'm excited to see the Lakers this year. If you're the man, and mm-hmm. every metric shows us that you are the man, Anthony Davis, you're, okay. you're God's gift on a basketball court, the way you're going to succeed and to really reach your potential is by playing with one of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. And the other thing to remember, and I remember you making this point last season, Webby, is that the NBA, when they're choosing the MVP, they like the storylines. And I know that Giannis was the GM's pick, but we just saw that last year. And so even if the same thing happens again with Giannis, where the Bucks are 60 or close and Giannis is a beast, we've seen that. We kind of need the new storyline. Because if you think back... It's not like James Harden had a worse season that he did the year before, right? No, I and did mean, he win MVP back to back years? Kind of think that no. I kind of think that I mean my vote last year, as you know, I think it I, my my was vote was James Harden. Harden. 
My vote was Harden. And, and I, for sure. I think Harden is, again, going to have a great year, but but the, his storyline of not being able to get it done when the chips are down hurts him. But also, we we like the new storyline, right? So think about it. Remember, Russ got a triple-double. Oh, everyone left Russ. Yeah, Russ was all alone. Got a triple Russ double. dragged this team. Got Russ a, is MVP. Got another triple-double right? the next year. Hardly got any MVP votes. Right? So we like the new storyline. And what was the new storyline? Oh, here's James Harden. And James Harden's revolutionized the game of basketball. Shoots threes, free throws. That's all he does. High usage rate. Boom, there's a storyline. Did James Harden have a worse season after his MVP year? Not really. <laughs> and then, but, oh, we like this new thing. Here's Giannis, right? Yeah. And so I feel like the same thing's going to happen again to Giannis to where we've already seen that. We need something new. We need a new storyline. And who's the best at giving us storylines in the NBA? It's LeBron James, as we've seen uh, leading into this season. This is my other thing is as well, is that the negative press that he's gotten for the statements about China and his position and everybody going nuts, I think kind of plays into his narrative for this season as almost a redemption. Interesting. And so if they do, you know, like, I I mean, we can talk L.A. teams, but I really think the Lakers are going to be quite good. And if they are good, it's going to be because of LeBron. And I think that we, I mean, we talk about America, but I talk about North America, building people up, tearing them down just to see them come back up again. And that's what I think. Love the comeback story. And that's what I think that this kind of whole L.A., beginning of the season with China. And I think this all plays into what's happening with LeBron. And, and if they're good, he's going to be a big, big reason why. Super interesting. And, you know, that kind of leads us into now I want, our Western Conference preview. Now I want you it know? to be Joel Embiid. I'd be, ve- I'd be very <laughs> happy if Embiid won MVP, but I couldn't do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's go to the Western Conference. And the GMs talked about who would win the Western Conference Finals and represent the West in the NBA Finals and six teams. So here's how the votes went down by the GM survey. 66% picked the Clippers. 14% had the Lakers. The Warriors and Rockets were at 7%. And then the Blazers and Nuggets were at 3%. Mr. Andrew Webster, who will be representing the Western Conference in the NBA Finals? Oh, it's so tough. It's, <laughs> it it's so tough. This is why we're here. It's Webby. so tough. This in the is West. why we're here. I mean, I I'd love. Wouldn't wouldn't it be sweet if it was a Clippers Lakers Western Conference Final? I mean, that would be that's, incredible. We talk about give the people what they want. You know, it, it, to <laughs> steal a line from Jalen Rose. We can give the people what yeah. they want. We want to see Lakers and Clippers in the West. And, and if we that do that, and if we do that, I mean, if Paul George is back to 100% healthy, uh, Kawhi Leonard is, 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 as we know, can single-handedly drag teams uh, uh, to, to championships. But, man, yeah. the i, I got to say the Lakers. I, I have to. I can't believe I'm saying Lakers. I can't. I'm I'm leaning with you here on the Lakers as well, and it's just because Kawhi Leonard's injuries last year, right? Remember he, it wasn't all just load management, right? At one point he was hurt, and we did see what he did towards the end of the playoffs, where not that he wore down, but he clearly wasn't the same player that he was in the in the 
Sixers series. Now, however, Doc, they've already said they're not going to do the load management with Kawhi as much as he did last year, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. But also, Paul George is coming off double shoulder surgery. Yeah. Who's guaranteeing that Paul George is coming back like the same beast that he was last year? More importantly, who says Paul George is coming back like the same beast that they need him to be if you're going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs? Or even Russell Westbrook and James Harden in the playoffs? I'm being serious, right? The Clippers, I like their team. I think their team is good. I think they'll make a deep run. I love Kawhi. There's always going to be a part of me to root for Kawhi. But LeBron and Anthony Davis are a problem. And the sneaky pickup of Avery Bradley, if he can stay healthy because he can guard the other team's point guards, which was a big issue for the Lakers where you needed Rondo to try to do that or, you know, they would be in really, really big trouble if that's left to, like, Caldwell Pope and Danny Green. Like, that's tough. But if that's Avery Bradley chasing around the other team's point guards, we know defense wins. So you're telling me Avery Bradley and Anthony Davis in the paint? I don't know. I I just think that Lakers team is a problem. No, it's a definite, definite problem. My, uh, I don't know how people match up with their size, and especially come playoff time, how do you match up with that size when the game really slows down? So I'm going with the I'm going with the Lakers. Now, if you were to give me a third team here in the West, well, my next question for you is: Do you have a surprise team in the West? Meaning, who's the team that will do better than you think most people are predicting them to be? Okay, so this one is easy. It's a Golden State Warriors. And my second pick for an MVP out of the West would be Steph Curry. Okay. Because I think that, uh, again, this is a team, we talk about, you talked about the Raptors ending the dynasty, right? And it does seem with Durant gone and Clay on the shelf for what is probably the entire year, people are writing this team off. But Steph Curry is still, like, Steph Curry, okay, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing's happened to him, uh, and, and this is a season that we could see him go absolutely ballistic without having to share the ball with a Durant and a Clay Thompson. I, I know we're okay. we're both a little sketchy on uh, Steve Kerr's coaching ability, but if he <laughs> if he is a good a coach as the rest of the world thinks he is, this is his okay. chance to do something with this team. And, uh, again, it's it's based on solely on Steph having the ultimate green light in every game. And you, I'm telling you, we're going to be on Twitter night after night, and we're going to be getting, you know, the Steph has 30 in the first half. You, you know? Because, <laughs> well, because there's here, nobody to, who thing, else is going to be taking these shots. Like D'Angelo Russell. I'm going the other way with the Warriors, man. You don't think? I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be fighting to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. I think there's reports Clay could be back before the playoffs. Or They've got three know, All-Stars. They, they're a team that has three All-Stars. But your backcourt is D'Angelo, Russell, and Steph. There's no defense being played at all. And I think that's a big-time problem. I also don't know where the consistent scoring is going to come from in terms of – I don't know if Steph has – if Steph is built anymore – to drop the 30 a night, especially when there's no clay around, meaning you can double-team Steph Curry a lot. 
whereas that didn't happen before because you can't double off Klay Thompson. I don't want to say Steph Curry's going to get exposed because that makes it seem as if I'm saying Steph Curry's not going to be good. I'm just saying that what's going to get exposed is how nice Steph is when he's beside Clay, right? That's all That's all I'm saying. I think the Warriors, it's an, another fascinating team to watch because there's a lot of weird pieces. Like they got Willie Cauley-Stein there. Yeah. Uh, do they have Marquise Chris have as Marquise well? Is that Chris? what Draymond was talking yeah. about? Right? They got a lot of like interesting pieces that maybe their culture and ball movement might be able to maximize the potential of a Willie Cauley-Stein or something. You get more than you think you might get out of a guy like that. But I don't know if if MVP Steph is able to be there without Clay Thompson beside him, that would be a surprise to me. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Talking about one of the best shooters in the game. I know that they usually have two of the best shooters in the game out there at one time, but I'm telling you, Steph is still Steph. As corny, I don't want to get too as corny as he is. <laughs> I don't want to get too like basketball nerd, but I'm just saying. Not, I'm not even talking about boxing one. Just the fact that you can't even help off of Clay Thompson because he's wet from three. So you remove that and you replace him with a lesser shooter. And now if st- I can double Steph Curry and force the ball out of his hands and force like other dudes to get busy. I don't know. Their team's not as bad as it was when they were injury depleted in the playoffs against the Raps. But, you know, like I'm not saying that the boxing one's going to work in the regular season because no one's going to do that no, in the regular no one, season. No right? one's going to do... <laughs> but, no one's going to be playing zone in November. <laughs> you know? Right? But I'll be interested to see how that plays out for sure. Uh, my surprise team that's going to do better than most people think is the Houston Rockets. Huh. I feel like so many people made fun of the Houston Rockets for getting Russell Westbrook, and it really didn't make sense to me because Houston was consistently, like, very close to beating the Golden State Warriors, right? <laughs> Two years in a row. Consistently with Chris very Paul. close. They were. Is that a lie? Show me the no, lie. No, I know. but it's Show me like, the lie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, consistently close to winning the lottery. No, to be, well. No. I, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But the point I'm making is, at this stage of their careers, isn't Russell Westbrook better than Chris Paul? And so adding, I didn't understand why people were making fun of the move, but the, the move thing... so much. And I get that I'm a Russell Westbrook stan. I'm anyone that listens to the pod knows that I rep Russ, but I just don't get how people were shitting on the deal so much when Russ is still a top player in this league. And I'm just going to like the fun these guys are going to have, Right. I'm going to enjoy watching these guys having their dance parties on the bench before games start. You know, I, I'm just looking forward to that. And I think they'll be a lot better than people think. It'll take a while for them to figure it out. And, you know, because they're friends to not hurt the other's feelings, you know, if, you know, like remember when D Wade and Braun played yeah. for the first time together. And I know people are going to say, Hey, Russ and they played together when they were in OKC. Yes, they are two completely different people, right? Yeah. Than they were then, two different basketball players than they were then. But the Rockets, I see them being a really good team once they figure this out, and Russ just gets unleashed and knows that like they need him to just go, 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 go. And if Russ turns into a slash and kick person with the way that they like to just have shooters on deck, 
I don't know, man. I think that's a nice squad. A I, nice squad. I just don't think that it was the solution that the Rockets needed. You know, I do agree with you that Westbrook is a complete upgrade from Chris Paul. Uh, way more dynamic, uh, just in terms of like being a younger player with less miles on his knees, for sure. But I think this is a team that, like, again, we said, yes, they play together, but they are two completely different people now. And sometimes it's not the way that it used to be the way that it is now, right? So this is, as much fun as it could be, it is pretty combustible. Like, if things don't go well, like, that, I'm definitely, I'm here for it. I'm here for the rocket season and to to watch it go down. But, oh, it could get, uh, not ugly, but the feelings could get hurt. And that's what I'm here about in the NBA. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, My next question is, who's your league pass team in the West? Meaning, not necessarily a great team because they're going to, win a lot of games but just a team that you want to watch because they're exciting to watch they're fun to watch who's your team your league pass team in the west oh it's easy it's the pelicans <laughs> yeah. yeah the pelicans the pelicans are uh they're must-see tv every time they play not just yeah, not lonzo lonzo zion and ingram and who they who's the other young guy the other rookie that they have some well, well, first off, I thought you were gonna mention your boy JJ. No, listen, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> I can't even lie to you. I thought right away you were mentioning your boy JJ Redick, noted Brooklyn Brooklyn resident JJ Redick. No, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I love JJ, but I'm I'm pretty happy that he's not on the Sixers anymore. Fair enough, fair enough. My league pass team, Webby, is the Sacramento Kings, Ooh. and. I know you got some love for your man's buddy Heald, who's in an interesting he, situation he right now. He may not be there. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll get it sorted out because ultimately he wants to stay there. And Sacramento will, re- I mean, they should realize that they're Sacramento. <laughs> but that team, and let's assume that the team stays, right? Like Buddy Heald stays. You're talking Bagley the third, yeah. who looks nice. great. Nice, he's nice. Right, he seemed to figure it out midway through or towards the end of last season. He looks nice, and I've always been a huge De'Aaron Fox fan. Yeah, and I just think that team is right on the brink of taking that leap. But I just like their guys, man. I love the. I hate using the term, but it just explains it so well. I love the motor of De'Aaron Fox. I love his attitude that yeah. he just wants to be better, wants to get better. Buddy Heald is, you know, improving every year as well. I like that it's a player, young core. Yeah. I like that it's a young core growing up together. You know what I mean? I like that. You just I hope like that, that the, a lot. you just hope that 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 franchise doesn't mess it up like they've me- like they've messed it up so much in the past. You know, like totally true, my dear. They seem to have something really special brewing, and it's just like, don't blow this up, guys. Like, <laughs> it's not that tough. Now, the other one, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Dallas. No, with my boy, I, is he pudgy or just white, Luka Doncic? That is a team that I'm excited to see. Just you know, but you're it, flicking around. Him you and Chris going on with that squad for him sure, and Chris. Right? I wanna, is, I'm just. How's that going to work? I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Not that I think it's going to be bad, but it's more like inquisitive. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm interested to see how that plays out. 
it could be interesting. They're definitely, I'm definitely going to be checking them out for sure. And the thing that's cool that's always a reminder is that Rick Carlisle is a great coach. So he'll figure it out. But it's good to see Kristaps healthy again. And, yeah, year two of Luka, who's not in on that? Yeah, exactly. He looked like he was legit. I can fully admit that I was wrong and you were right. Not that I thought he was going to be trash, but I was just like, no. prove it. I he's need to a, see you in the NBA, NBA first. He's an NBA player. Not He's an NBA star. Oh, I saw it in the NBA last season. Don't get me wrong. All right, Webby, so let's go to the Eastern Conference. Ah, uh, yes. Right? Ah, uh, yes. And I'll say this much. In terms of who will represent the East in the NBA Finals, only two teams oh, got yeah. votes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, three teams got – sorry. Two teams got votes, the Sixers and Milwaukee. And the Boston Celtics were the only other team to even get a second-place vote. And this is from GMs? The GMs. Oh, so, so Boston's yes. GM gave them a second-place vote. <laughs> so so right. Danny Age. Danny Age, that's where that one came from. <laughs> so, Webby, let's start here, though. Who's going to come out of the East? Are you rolling with the, the GMs, or do you have someone else in mind? The beast. A surprise. Literally, the beast of the East. The big boy Philadelphia 76ers are finally going to get over the hump and make it to the NBA Finals. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. Let's here. let's talk let's about talk it. About let's the talk moves. about it. Big Al is now oh. in there. Josh Richardson oh. in there as well. Josh Richardson. Let's talk about the young guys. Let's talk. What do you know about Matisse the Boule? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, <laughs> we were talking about. A, a legitimate game-changing defensive player. He is okay. rookie, came from University of Washington. I think he's a mm-hmm. late first, same kind of thing as Siakam, kind of late first round, early second round pick. Uh, okay. And set all these University of Washington records in terms of blocks, steals, just every defensive metric. He is the man. And they, he looks like he's going to be the first wing off the bench for the Sixers. You are going to know the name Matisse the Boule, if I'm even saying it correctly, as like a difference maker. Okay, they've got Sixers. No, sorry, Zaire Smith, their first round pick from last year, kid who broke his foot. He's ready to go. Okay, so it's the young guys that I want you to pay attention to here. The the cork okay. the Corkmas. The, the Furcon Corkmons out here that are just going to be, you're going to be like, who is this guy dropping 20 in this game? Be like, yes, Josh Richardson is such a great pickup and is like taking J.J. Redick but making him a better defender and uh, like 15 years younger. Like, I love him. I love him. Looks like Lil Yachty out there with the boys. He's great. I'll say this. I like the grown-up moves. That your team made in terms of adding Al Horford. We, we haven't even talked about Josh Al Richardson. Horford. Al Horford is going to be your power forward and probably your backup center. He's going to be the best backup center in the league. Yeah, I, I like the setup, right? I like what Al Horford brings. I think it's something that as a squad you were missing but kind of had with Jimmy Butler but just in a different way, maybe in a more low-key way if that makes sense. And – I know I just called Josh Richardson a grown-up, and even though he's not a vet, but I just mean bringing defensive intangibles to the team, right? Yeah. That's a key. And not losing shooting either. Exactly. I, I like the team. I think it's a very interesting team. 
And you know what? I'm going to agree with you and say that I think the Sixers will make it to the finals just because I don't think Miami got – or not Miami, Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee got better, no. right? Like maybe Giannis gets better, and that's where they make like the little – But they're still going to have an Eric Bledsoe. Brogdon. They're still going to have an Eric Bledsoe on their team, and Eric Bledsoe <laughs> stinks. And I was saying all through the playoffs, especially during their series against the Raptors, I'm not buying into Chris Middleton. No. I don't believe you, Chris Middleton. You need more people, right? 100%. So Giannis, Giannis is a problem. He's forever going to be a problem. But Giannis having to drive into Al Horford and Joel Embiid in the playoffs, it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to go big against Joel Embiid and Al Horford. And we know when it comes to playoff time – it's about possessions. Right? Absolutely. And, and so you don't have the low post or the low late game killer that Jimmy Butler was, and you're hoping that maybe Joel Embiid takes care of his diet or, you know, whatever was wrong with Kids, him in the playoffs. He's looking, and he's sick every night. Looking ripped. Looking ripped. I know we do this every year with everybody, but best shape, <laughs> best shape of his life. It's it's like the it's like the LeBron, seventeen years of doing this. This isn't normal for Embiid. It's going to be best shape of his life. Okay, okay. I mean, I hope they have that that put up. I hate the whole Ben Simmons shoots threes now. Like, what do no, you mean? We saw him hit a three. No, Ben Ben Simmons shoots threes now. Get ready. This, Get ready. Stop I hope this, you're ready man. because Stop Ben Simmons this. is not with the Kardashian anymore, and now he's shooting three. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I don't know, man. I'm as I said, I'm going with the Sixers. Uh, again, I don't believe in Milwaukee. Giannis is dope, but I just don't think they built the right team around him. And we saw that you saw the blueprint from the Raptors last year and how to beat them. And as soon as the Raptors figured that out. It was jammed done. And, yeah, I don't see how they fixed that or how they cured that problem in Milwaukee. So I'm going with the Sixers just because I think their team is playoff built in the Eastern Conference. And to be honest, matching them up against Milwaukee, matching them up against Boston, I'm not really buying Boston. It'll be interesting to see mm, how. I think they're going to be more. And, they're going to be more improved, I think. I think Kemba is uh, like a different kind of player than Kyrie. Um, yeah, it's probably addition by subtraction, yeah, yeah. right? Like, Kemba might not be a better player than Kyrie Irving, but the fit might be better just personality-wise. And, yeah, I mean, if Tatum takes a leap, cool, but is Cantor really holding down the middle No, for their team? Like, that's a real thing? Do you know, it's just a weird team. I want to see know? some like, taco. I, don't know if... I want to see taco. You want to see Embiid dunk on Taco. I want to see Embiid dunk on Taco, yes. Uh, Do you have a surprise team in the Eastern Conference, Webby? I do have a surprise team in the Eastern Conference. It's the Chicago Bulls. (laughs) Wow. It's the Chicago Bulls. You talked about how weird they are. I think it's a a recipe for success. I think they're, they're a young team. But when you look at guys like Wendell Carter and our our boy, Lori Markkinen, <laughs> down low, and then Kobe White and Zach Levine, I think they're a very balanced team. I think that they've got the right amount of veterans and young guys. Uh, and I think that their coach, uh, embattled Jim Boylan, is going to be much improved this year. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Chicago Bulls made the playoffs as a four or a five seed this year. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! whoa I think whoa, the Bulls. Whoa. I think the Bulls are back. Wow. Yeah. Mister Andrew Webster. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think that Indiana is uh, is really tough um, because of the Oladipo injury. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. think that they're kind of going to be where they were last year, but um, I think that this Bulls team is the real deal. Uh, they added um, the who's the crazy white guy from Washington, Sadoransky, <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. What are we talking? Otto about? Porter Jr. The Thaddeus Thaddeus Young, the guy who's lefty, and my favorite thing ever in the NBA is whenever he's playing and he scores a hoop, every color commentator has to go, hey, you forget that Thaddeus Young is left-handed. But I'm saying, they've got got a young core, and they've got grizzled vets. They've got a coach, and they're, again, Shelly, they're in the Eastern Conference. It's not going to take a superhuman effort to get there. Now, my, my choices my choices here for this surprising team in the East were down to Chicago and Orlando. <laughs> okay. And I just like okay. I just like the combination of veterans and young players that Chicago's putting on the court right now. So I'll I'll give you, you know, if Zach Levine stays healthy, I've already said I, I buy into the fact that he could be an all star this year just because he puts the work in and he's consistently been getting better. And I think when he was healthy last year, you saw the flashes for sure. And if Lori Markinen's healthy for the year, cool. Wendell Carter, man. Wendell Carter is into, sick. I don't know if I'm ready to buy into Wendell Carter Jr. He looked lost a lot of the times I saw them play, which in fairness, I wasn't checking for the Bulls that much. Nah, they were but when garbage. I did see him, he looked like really lost. And can Chris Dunn stay healthy? I don't know. But I don't as even you mentioned, know. you got your boy Kobe White, God. and maybe that could be a thing. I don't know. I was going to say, and again, I know this isn't like a, a sleeper team, but it's just a team that I think will surprise. And if this team actually came out of the East and like came in second during the regular season and made a deep run, I would not be surprised. So it's my kind of surprise team is the Miami Heat. Yeah, people are sleeping on no, this team as I, being a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference, right? Like you keep hearing uh, the Celtics, you keep hearing the Bucks, you keep hearing the Sixers. I like this Heat team matching up against any of those teams in the playoff series, and it's betting on the culture of Miami. Yeah, it's a team that has just been missing a top tier talent. For the past, what? Well, since D-Wade, since D-Wade and, and, yeah. and LeBron left, right? Because yeah. D-Wade was there, but he wasn't the same D-Wade. And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is at that caliber, but look at what this team was without one of those guys, right? They were already battling for a playoff spot mm-hmm. with no superstar. Hold and on, so... hold on. Dion Waiters, they had. <laughs> they still have. Is he? He's ready to make a return. A hundred percent. Waiters Island is back. Waiters Island, buddy. I never, I never sold my property on Waiters Island. I'm I was a, gonna say you still hold property at Waiters. I'm like Island? a okay, native okay. of Waiters Island. I was born there. Maybe, maybe I'll get a timeshare from you for maybe a week or two. Hundred you know, percent. See man. how it goes. Absolutely. <laughs> Beachfront property, baby. 
do you have a uh, league pass team in the Eastern Conference, oh. or is that your Bulls? No, no, no. I, I don't. The Bulls, the Bulls are just going to be good. I don't know how fun they're going to be to watch. <laughs> I just think they're going to be good. Oh, my okay. league pass, okay. my league pass team is the Atlanta Hawks. No question about it. Ooh, no question like it. Ab- like it. about it, man. There, like Trey Young, obviously we know. Uh, John Collins is awesome. But it's the redhead white kid that the that gets the ladies off their feet. Okay, what's it, <laughs> Kevin Herter? Kevin yep. Ke- Kevin don't hurt her. Uh, they're no, honestly, they're going to be a really really fun team. And Vince, did you see Vince? Even the preseason games are fun. Vince was dropping threes on the Knicks last night like it was <laughs> like he was Steph Curry. Man, it was insane. And, and like honestly, this is probably Vince's last go. Not a big fan of him with Toronto, but, like, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, This team is, win or lose, going to be playing some really exciting basketball. Trey Young is worth the price of admission. This would be a team, honestly, listen, no professional basketball here in Calgary, unfortunately. But if the Atlanta Hawks were coming to my town, that's a team that I would go and buy a ticket to watch. Really? Okay. Yeah, man. I'm not mad at you. I mean, Trey Young, Trey Young alone is super exciting, and I do love what they did with that team. And remember, we were talking about how this was a plan. They planned to bottom out and really build their team, kind of like how the Golden State Warriors were. If you remember, yeah, they have Golden State Warriors front office people running that team, and that's kind of the offense and ball movement and style of play and culture they're trying to build. And are they there yet? No, but there's a lot of pieces there that, you know, you can tell they're they're on their way. Cam Reddish, I'm interested to see how he plays out yeah. on that team with a bunch of young guys. And, you know, the pressure won't be on him alone, you know, so maybe he can develop in a nice culture and a good system and, and figure some things out. Um, and, yeah, I'm not mad at that pick, Webby. I'm really not mad at that pick. But just so that I'm not picking the same team as you. I'm going to pick another league pass team. And again, I'm going to emphasize this isn't because I'm going to think this team is good, but I'm just super interested to see how it plays out because there's so many factors. And it's the Detroit Pistons. (laughs) Follow me for a second here. This is a team that has Reggie Jackson. This is a team that has Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Don't forget about Derrick Rose. Don't forget about. I did forget Derrick Rose is on the Pistons. Don't forget about the big three MVP, Iso Joe Johnson. Iso Joe, yeah, that's right. And throw in a Morris twin just to just for the fun of it, right? Like <laughs> this team, there's a lot of just weird pieces here that are in like a strange way could like find themselves as like a six seed somehow. Oh. Like I don't know how Derrick Rose has managed to be healthy and productive and like give you something, but. Blake Griffin just needed anything last year, and they were an eighth seed. Dude, so if you give Bla- him a little bit of help, Blake, and I'm not even saying like Blake, I'm not saying he a- has it. Blake right? played his ass off last year. I thought he played he great. And shouts to Coach Casey, yeah, right? Hundred percent. Maybe Coach Casey is, is you know gassing him up, and maybe the gas will work on on Derrick Rose and ISO Joe and. I don't know. It's just an interesting team, a funny team to see how it goes. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but I'm interested to see how that team works. And the main reason why is, you know how um, when all the trades go down 
and people on Instagram make those photoshops of like the new starting five. Yeah. I remember the day when I saw the one that had Reggie Jackson, Derrick Rose, Joe Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. And I was just like, man. Like, if you're going into a season as a fan and you're like, that's your squad? <laughs> that's it. It's like, what? Um, also, I had to check myself because I'm like, as a Raptor fan, before last year, that's like our entire being. Yo, 100%. That it could easily be a Raptors starting five. In in fact, oh, in fact, man. before the championship, if you had come to a Raptor fan and said, you're going to have Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond on your team, I would think that most Maybe. Raptors fans would say, that's awesome, I, sign me up. <laughs> but hey, now we get to talk about them as NBA, NBA champs. NBA champs, babe. And I guess now, Webby, the last question is, who will win said NBA championship as the GMs had the Clippers ahead of the Bucks at 36% and the Lakers at 11 percent and then the goal and then the golden state warriors also received votes and there's a fifth team that also received championship votes from gms okay who do you think that fifth team was webby uh okay so again clippers yeah bucks lakers golden state who's the who's the other team oh the the sixers no who the portland Trailblazers. Oh, yo, we totally, huh? We met. We we did not, huh? We did not mention the Portland Trailblazers in this podcast as either. I, I, that was by design for me. I mean, I love Dame Lillard. I love his aspiring rap career. It was a great playoff that he had last year. But you don't put yeah, them I mean, in your in your either surprise or league pass team in the West. A great team to watch, but if you're telling me the duos that they're going up against are Kawhi and Paul George, yeah. AD and LeBron, Russ and now, James Harden. The only thing is we've said that before against Portland, uh, about Portland. You know, yeah. that, listen, this duo of, of Lillard and McCollum, they're nice. You know, it's nice. They're cute in Portland. And then, you know, they seem to pull off a... a, a you know, a series win in the first round, and we ask ourselves, are these guys one of the top three teams in the West? Now, I'm not sure it's going to happen this year, but definitely a team to keep your eye on. For sure. Totally agree with that, man. And the one thing to keep in mind with all of these things is last season, 90% of the GMs had the Celtics and Warriors to win their respective conferences last year. Yeah, And we all know. The Warriors were there. The Celtics were not. Celtics were not. <laughs> uh, so who do you got winning the championship, Webby? It's a repeat of the Because you had who? Lakers. So your finals was Lakers. Or wait, both of our finals were Lakers and Sixers, it's, right? It's a repeat of the 1983 NBA championship, baby. And I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you're picking the Sixers? Just like the result of the 1983 <laughs> NBA championship, the Philadelphia 76ers will down the L.A. Lakers. They just Why did I even ask. They just right? I don't Why did I just I don't ask? think that they're gonna have the depth. I think that you're really gonna see the depth that the Philadelphia 76ers have this season. Okay. Okay. Interested to see how it all plays out. And we will be here each and every week to talk to you about what's going on in the NBA. Jump and Jump. Games yes. start on Tuesday. 
right? Do you understand that Almost here. L.A., the Battle of L.A., the first skirmish of this war is on Tuesday? It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I can't wait. Super excited for this season of the NBA. And again, here you will catch this podcast. Most of the time it will be up Friday mornings for your commute to work. You will be able to listen to us talk about everything that's going on in the NBA, in the NBA social media, all the fun stuff, everything you need to know, all the reasons why you love the NBA, all the drama, all the gossip, all the rumors, all that stuff. We got you covered here on the Ball on Blast podcast. The other thing we always talk about on said Ball on Blast podcast, we do a little segment called Ask on Blast, where we ask a question that is outside of the realm of basketball. Usually pertains to pop culture, maybe movies, maybe music, and of course television. And there's one show that I know we both love and enjoyed. I'm so happy you're in it. My Ask on Blast question to you, Webby, is please tell me your thoughts on this season, season two of Succession. I, I honestly, I love season one. I didn't think it could get any better. But this <laughs> this season of Succession might be one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It was That is high praise. It was so good. Um just honestly like I it, it, Kendall shitting the bed was mm-hmm. one of the best things. <laughs> one of the best. <laughs> cousin Greg, cousin Greg took it to a completely different level. Uh, what, yeah. what was it in the finale? Uh, sales out, nails out. Um, so good. And and honestly, what an ending! What an ending to the season. So obviously, if you plan on watching Succession and you haven't yet, you should probably just end this podcast now. Pick us up <laughs> next week. Pick us up next week, yeah, Friday, if you haven't seen Succession. We're just going to talk about this for the next five or ten minutes to wrap things up here, but. I'll say, so spoiler alert is what that means, but I'll say this. I saw that, like, we all saw that coming, right? Like, what was going to happen at the very end? Yeah. Like, as soon as they had the press conference and it was like, oh, nobody else is there. They're watching it on TV. It's like, oh, he's turning on the dad for sure. But it's all about the smile at the end. It was still great, though. I mean, was it? The smile from the dad. Did Logan know that he was going to do that? Well, the interesting part, right? Pardon me. The interesting part that we have to remember is that at the beginning of the episode, Logan says that, remember, he's on the phone and the board says they they want him to be the one that's out. Yeah. He never brings that. Did he bring that up to anyone else? No, he doesn't. I don't think so. So I think there's always part of him that was kind of like wanting one of his kids to kind of step up and take the reins because he has meetings with all of them separately to kind of pick their brain and hear where. Their heads are at, but none of them are really were really showing the teeth to be like, no, 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 I can take charge or I could be in charge. I'm the man, and I mean the man, not you know, not that Shiv couldn't do it because right. I love Shiv. And listen, Shiv is a great character. Shiv's I know more, a lot of people. Shiv's more of a man than I'll ever be. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Shiv. What? I think Shiv is incredible. How do you a lot not of people like... think that she's a huge bitch, but I love that about her. I think that's uh, incredible. I love Shiv. Well, she's I a, think Shiv is a great character. She's a monster, but, but I love her. I, 
I saw the twist coming and shout to Kendall just because, you know, we you literally watched him just, you know, get dumped upon, pardon the pun, because <laughs> I was thinking about him shitting But <laughs> you watched him just, you know, yeah, take eat it, it, for a eat it for a whole year, yeah. right? And he was just like, you know, remember there were moments where you thought, like, is this guy going to jump off the building? Yeah, he, was like, up- he didn't really know what was going on. And I don't know what the turning point was. Like, was it just the moment with his dad where his dad told him he didn't have the killer instinct? And, and like, is that were those, like, the motivational words he always needed? Was that always his plan all along? Was that a plan him and Shiv concocted together? So many questions, I don't know. But either way, it's a great show, and it's a reminder that I think we got spoiled with Game of Thrones. Just in the sense that Game of Thrones became like this like epic movie every single Sunday and mm-hmm. like you needed these big twists and turns and huge fight scenes and it was a movie every week and everybody and their moms watched, whereas Succession is a really just good show about humans interacting with other humans. With great no killing, great There's writing. No, well you know what I mean? Yeah, great writing, it was funny. Um, like such good writing that like the character of cousin Greg and also Shiv's husband, oh, like Tom. they're so cringeworthy, awkward, <laughs> you know, what I, like it's such no, no, great no. writing it's, that uh, sometimes I'm like, it's Connor, it's Connor, that character Connor. of the oldest, bro- the oldest son who's, yeah, yeah. who is the black sheep could be a one note character could be yeah. just out there, but the cringe worthy the cringiness of that character is so deep and played through so many levels that it's it's perfect so good it's such a good show i enjoyed it so much i'm looking forward to season 3 just cuz it was so funny and yeah it's like for an hour every week you're hanging out with these people you're in their world of, yeah they're always at these like extravagant places right like their houses all over the world are on that crazy yacht (laughs) which was incredible but there's still so many questions like where's logan's wife right like after she dropped the line about when she asked homegirl about she has she practices safe sex or if she get ever gets tested after she dropped that like you know people's elbow on her head top where did she go after that right like she was barely in it yeah so and there was a weird storyline there that they never really touched on or Well, you remember like in the first into? in the first season they kind of mentioned her as being like having this like really violent past in Lebanon and stuff. Yeah. Yo, Marsha is a killer out here. Well, there's just so much going on. But who's your favorite character? Oh, it's so tough, but uh, I love Roman gets the best yeah, lines. Ro- right? Roman get, does get the best lines, but I just love cousin Greg. <laughs> he, there's nobody makes me laugh more than cousin Greg. Just when you know what when I, he's up at the congressional, he's like, "So it is said, so <laughs> let it be done." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" My issue with him is he's so cringeworthy. Like I want to punch him in the face sometimes. Just like shut up. He's so annoying and so awkward and so just like. There's no real human beings like that guy <laughs> no, there. I, there might be. You know be. what I mean? Like, there he's might such be. A weirdo. 
But then, like, the him and Tom, like, combination. What is it? It's you... just too much for me sometimes. I'm like, yo, these dudes are too much, man. You can't make a Tomlet without breaking a couple of Greggs? <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines of the series. So good. My favorite character, I think, is Shiv, though. Yeah. Shiv Roy is just a, she's a complicated soul, but, you know, she's focused, she's business savvy. She just wants her father's attention, but she also wants to run the world. And I respect the shit out of that. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Shiv Roy. I don't really understand why she's married to Tom. Yeah. I don't get that at all. I think because but, of, like, the back, like, his, the family in Minnesota, like, I think it was transactional, you know? Like, it's a good story. Well, or there's something that they needed from Tom's family. Ah. That's what I think. Okay. That's okay. what I think. Okay. Okay, okay. So all in all, we're both recommending Succession. Can't recommend it high enough. Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Such a great show, great watch, and hopefully this was a great watch for you, the basketball fan, because we are back. Ball on Blast podcast. Webby, how's it feel to be back? Episode one of season three in the books. Uh, Hopefully uh, season one or season three, episode one of Ball on Blast will live up to Succession's episode one of season three. It's going to be a toss-up, <laughs> which one's better. But yes, I'm so fired up that NBA is back, man. Uh, make sure that you follow uh, both Sheldon and I for these games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because it's going to be starting. We're all going to be watching the games together, and we'd love to interact with you guys, the listeners, anytime. Totally true. Where can the people find you again, Webby? Very easy. On Instagram and Twitter, it's the same, at AWebster84. And, of course, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, and on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Again, this is the Ball on Blast podcast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Tune in if you're a ball fan, if you're a Raptors head. Know that on this same feed and live on Twitter, again, at Shell Alexander, tune in to the Wrap It Up podcast, which is our Raps post-game show. After each and every Toronto Raptors game, we got you covered. So tune in, like and subscribe, tell your friends. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Again, appreciate you guys so much. Last year of doing like a bunch of these projects all in unison was so much fun. It was such a great ride. And I can't wait to do it with you guys all again. And the interaction is incredible. Means a lot to us. Really appreciate it. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. And I'm going to wrap up this podcast and all of the others just the exact same way I did last year. Because it's true. I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Mm -hmm.